It's like animals, animals, animals. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unnecessary Noise. I don't know how that's going to sound with um, the, the track that we play, our opening track. Uh, that we play on an unnecessary noise. I'm already stuttering. I thought I'd try something different, go out on a limb. Uh, didn't work. Blew up in my face, like most of the podcasts that we do here. But uh, yeah, this is episode 87, and the reason I am singing it is animals. That was the song. And the animals, animals, the barrel. Just going to a Jack Black. Um, is because episode 87, for some reason, we had a bunch of stories about animals. Uh, there's no crazy coincidences uh, with 87 that I could find unless you are a Sidney Crosby fan. So nothing with uh, the number 87, not like 86. Uh, there's no 87. Uh, we don't 87 something. Maybe that's just like the sad, unless it's like the sad brother. It's like, okay, I'm not going to order that one. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to go into Mickey Mouse voice there. Um, but yeah, well, I don't want to, maybe uh, 87. Why don't you try 87, sir? It's re I swear it's really good. The chef recommends it. It's not good. It's, I don't know. Like a booyah bass or something. Um, but yeah, no 87 today. We're going to move on. Uh, the first story I have that is unnecessary noise is that there was a six-foot, this one caught my eye, a local spot, a mystery six-foot man-goat roaming near village in the, in the early hours. So once again, let me read that. This is from the mirror. Local spot mystery six-foot man-goat roaming near village in the early hours. Turns out he was just a kid. But Get it? Goats? Kid? Okay. Um, <laughs> the, like I said, this is from the, the mirror, and when I get my weird news, I, the mirror sometimes, I think whoever's running it, uh, just has slow news days and looks for whatever because it is the closest thing to just a non-event but it's it's nevertheless somewhat entertaining a large animal was caught in the headlights of a driver in Staverton North Hamptonshire that is a made-up place that's something that if I'm parodying uh, <laughs> like a town in England that sounds that does not sound real I'm from Staverton Northamptonshire uh, leaving <laughs> hello there dear sir it does sound like there are many re renaissance festivals over there at Staverton a lot of fair maidens uh, and road bandits I, I don't know Northamptonshire Anyway, Staven, Staverton, Northamptonshire. Uh, it, it's just a fast, it's fascinating. Great, great name. It's so good, I, I question 
the existence of this place. It's like somebody telling me if there was a, there was a place called the Shire. I'm sorry to the citizens, the fair citizens of Staverton, Northamptonshire. I, I, has there been a curse put on Staverton at one point by a wizard? And the, and the, this is why I there may be a man goat that just happens to be a kid uh, in Northamptonshire. I they didn't actually say there was a kid man. It's the you get it. Still just a man goat. Kid part was a joke because kid is what they call. Isn't that what they call baby goats? <laughs> it was a bad joke. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. This is this has already gone off the rails. But yeah, uh, according to article by Tom Hitchenor, um, a six-foot goat man sighting in the dead of night got locals scratching their heads at 2 a.m. In the early hours of Sunday, a resident of the Staverton in, a nor- of, in the village of Staverton in Northamptonshire was shocked to see a large figure in front of them. Uh, for a brief moment, their car lights illuminated the creature, headlighting its powerful back legs. Northants Live reported. A second later, the animal was gone. Okay, so how do we know? Why Why is the inclination, and this is why I, I question uh, Northamptonshire, Staverton, Northamptonshire, uh, as not being under a curse. Because why is your go-to a six-foot man-goat? Why would that be? You know, oh yeah, you know what the logical conclusion is? I'm driving at 2 a.m. 2 a. Who knows if this guy's had, uh, this person has had, uh, you know, a few, maybe a sip of the bubbly. And uh, we kind of quickly flash by something, you know, could be, I remember, I, I, and we go to Mangoat. I remember driving down the road in the middle of the day, and I thought I'd see, uh, coming back from Chilliwack Lake, and I've talked about this on um, the old show. But I was driving back, and I saw, thought I saw this massive dog bounding down the side of the road, and it turned out it was a bear. That is the other. That is literally the other version of this story. These guys go to, but you know, you assume low, and then you go high, and then the fact that this got media co- coverage, six hunt for six foot man goat. This is also from Northants Live. Um, I love the fact that now there's a hunt. And just I'm just imagining, you know, that the uh, citizens uh, of Northamptonshire, of Staverton, Steverton, what did I call it? Sta- Staverton. I'll go with that. Northamptonshire. Like getting out in their, like, Fox hunting uniforms, their traditional garb, riding horses, maybe maybe conches and tridents. That's the traditional Staverton way. The man goat must be killed before the blood moon on the thirty first of March. There's been a sighting. The curse will be broken. No more man goats.
I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just I just love that this was like there's no footage. We are just taking someone's word on this. So this must be the most credible person in the world. Or there's a or it's a slow news day. Which it never is. Like this is this is clearly journalism at its finest. Like it never it's definitely not a slow news day. Or or Staverton's cursed. No. <laughs> um, there are more fanciful uh, ideas, like a mythical creature of Slenderman or Sasquatch. No, no, no. No. Slenderton, no. Sasquatch, no. Has nothing on the man-goat. This is definitely not a tourism ploy by Staverton, Northamptonshire. Northamp I keep wanting to say New Hampshire. Northamptonshire. Like there, I'm assuming there's so that we already know that there's a Shire, then there's a Hamptonshire, and now we have a Northamptonshire. We also have a Hamptons. So they just put a bunch of words together, a bunch of cities, and they're like, ah, it'll sound good. Throw a direction in there. It's been cursed. I want, like, I just, again, I'm imagining, you know, the town from Beauty and the Beast. You know, where Belle goes into. There goes the baker with. They, yeah, I feel like the citizens of Northamptonshire. And again, I have not seen what Sta uh, Staverton looks like. But I feel, I just, in my, in my heart, I want to believe that every morning. Uh, these people get up and they burst out into song. There goes the baker in the train like always. Dun, 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 dun. This is is terribly narrow-minded of me. But this is what happens when uh, you spend your entire life living in North America. You just think that everybody that's living in Europe uh, has some sort of magical Disney moment. I don't know. Northamptonshire. The curse is broken. Quick. Um, in response, Galloping High Road replied, uh, It's not a goat man. It's not a slender man. It's no, or Sasquatch. These things don't exist. Uh, I'm going back to this is the miracle article. Or the mirror article, not the miracle article. <laughs> it would be a miracle if it was a goat man. But who knows? I can't stop doing the conch voice now. Um, yeah. So the person that saw this said it was the thin bear was the best way to describe it. Droopy shoulders, but wide hips um, at the base. Uh, obviously not a bear in UK. Um, okay. Goat. What is it? Goat man. Goat. They said it's a cross between. At the end of it, they say it's. It looked like a cross between a goat and a deer. So who knows? Maybe somewhere along the lines, million years ago, Staverton built their village on the property of an old wizard, um, who put a hex on them. Until one day, that goat man found a love I don't know put a hex on the village to be cursed by the goat man till one day that goat man could be loved 
It's bad news. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm done. I'm done with this story. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. We're, the problem with this is, too, you know, the goat man almost got hit. Almost got hit by someone. But the six-foot goat man is not the only animal that is in danger these days. No, no. We also have local news, at least local for me, as I am in Vancouver, as the, wait, I can't, <laughs> uh, this is the worst, I gotta get, there we go, okay, had to get my mouse uh, uh, figured out, uh, in local news, BC's Haida Gwaii saving slugs means clearing deer, right now, there are tiny mollusks that have a big problem, they face total extinction, and this is from the Vancouver Sun, I feel like Vancouver Sun's a little more reputable, and this actually has a story to it. This has a narrative. It's not six-foot goat man that was seen in the dark, in the fog, out of nowhere, in some small, possibly cursed village in uh, New Hamptonshire. I don't even—is that even a real state? I don't know which I believe less. Staverton? Is it Staver I Staverton or New Hamptonshire? I, I I feel like I believe the, the town and name of the village rather than New Hamptonshire. Anyways, <laughs> I have not been to, clearly I have not been to uh, England. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so in BC's Haida Gwaii, BC, uh, BC, in BC's Haida Gwaii, comma, saving slugs means clearing the deer. Um, so they are, they have these slugs that are local to uh, Haida Gwaii, and these tiny mollusks can only be found in the titular Haida Gwaii ar arpeggio off of British Columbia's west coast, as well as on Vancouver Island. Uh, these slugs are small, ranging from 8 to 17 millimeters in length as a fully matured adult. Tones ranging from gray to jet black have been observed, with black-tipped projections known as papillae, papali, is it papillae, covering their body. Uh, these species were first documented in 2002 before receiving an official scientific designation, Stalagwai. Ooh, that is a, I gotta say, for a slug, for the name of, a, for the, like, the official name of a slug, that's a pretty dang good name. That sounds exotic. Like if I didn't know what a what a like what it was, you know, the Stalagwai in 2010. So these are only technically it's only an official 10 year old slug. Like I I would think that is that is some sort of exotic bird. We must protect the Stalagwai, which I hope is what they say it is as far as like a tourism marketing ploy. Because anyways, they're they're you know you're trying to relocate and move these deer um, because, you know, these uh, these slugs are now at risk. And we don't want slugs at risk. We don't want, you know, we don't want, uh, we, we, you know, we don't want anyone to get hurt. No, a Horton hears a who? A person's a person, no matter how small or whatever. 
I guess the same thing can apply for slugs. You know, you see these things walking on a dandelion wisp or whatever, which I'm sure they do. Is it a dandelion? Is that what it is? Anyway, look out for the little guy. I like that. But, you know. Hey, is it really the deer's fault? Is that the... Is that the real culprit here? Um, is, anyways, I'm going to keep reading. The BC Ministry Environment Report entitled The Management Plan for Haida Gwaii Slug in British Columbia. The fact that we have a management report, just the bureaucratic mumbo-jumbo of uh, having... Oh, and the session is expired. I clicked the hyperlink. And uh, they have actually... They no longer have the link to... The report, which I would love to read because that means there was a guy walking around just staring at slugs for a long period of time. The fact that this thing got named, you know, which is a testament, I think, to to human knowledge. And I, I do mean that because, I mean, you know, we labeling things is a big deal. You know, we need to know what, what, what to call what to call things? I think that you know the more the more that we know, the more that we can understand, um, and and uh, specify. They're not just slugs. They're Stellaquai. <laughs> Stella. As I say, am I saying it right? Sta Stella, Stellaquai. Uh, whatever. Two A's. S T A A L A. Ste Stella. Uh, whatever. I'm done. There should be a supercut of this podcast where I butcher just every name and just, like, of all the names that I butcher in this podcast. But, yeah, their benefit to the environment is unknown. Okay, we're talking about, doesn't matter. We don't, we don't want anything extinct. I'm just reading this Vancouver Sun. We're finishing reading this uh, Vancouver Sun report. Adam uh, Hussein uh, is the reporter. I should give them. I want to give them credit. Uh, their benefit to the environment is no is unknown due to lack of official studies conducted on. Wait, we just I just read there is a there's an act to replace them. Like there's a management plan, yet there's no official study. Wait, what? <laughs> they're um. The only known terrestrial gastropod in Western North America, a relic of pre-glaciation times that has never expanded its range. Interesting. Okay, so they were, uh, they're old. They are an old species. An old species of slugs. They're actually mollusks. Doesn't matter. You know? Um... It goes goes over many issues plaguing the mollusks population. So someone did do some. Well, someone checked it out. So now this this management plan, this official report, which I can't find, conspiracy tinfoil hat. And I swear I will post this link so you can go to the hyperlink where it goes to directly to the uh, provincial government page where it says 404. Like the article no longer exists. This had to be somebody. Uh, from the Ministry of Environment telling one of their underlings, saying, hey, Dave, hey, Dave, uh, why, you know, we got this slug thing. 
apparently deer are having a problem. I guess deer are kind of eating them or something or messing with them. Um, you wanna you wanna just go check it out? Yeah, I don't know. Just go to Haida Gwaii and look for slugs, Doug. Okay? So they call him Doug. I think he's did I say Dave or Doug? Whatever. You get the idea. I don't care. I make more money than you. Uh Dave, Doug, whatever your name is, go go do something. Go go book yourself a ferry trip. Okay. To Haida Gwaii. Now, the report goes on to mention several aggressive steps to protect the species from endangerment, such as clearing uh, the Sitka deer, producing a set of best practices for areas in which the slugs live, and increased education of gastropods species in post-secondary education. So we're going to be learning more. You're going to be learning more about slugs in, uh, in university. Um, I gotta be honest with you. After a couple of uh, couple of uh, wild nights in university, I may have felt like a gastropod. <laughs> gastropod. I bi- I biffed that punchline. That was a dumb joke, and I'm just saying. Uh, one of the measures cost, as the report admits, removing removing the Sitka deer from Haida Gwaii prevents a challenge. No kidding. Uh, a 2017 figure provided by the research group introduced species pegs and, and uh, sorry, reread that. A 2017 figure provided by the research group on introduced species pegs the deer population at approximately 150,000 to 200,000 in the same year. A similar project to cull deer in the region led by Car- Parks Canada in par- partnership with Haida Nation cost 3.1 million. This 2017 program ultimately eliminated 598 deer from Haida Gwaii. That's a menacing word, hey? Eliminated. So did we kill the deer? Is that is that we're trying to it, I know it's trying to be sensitive, but um that, that sounded very very ominous. Yeah. Uh, impacts of climate change addressed in the report are another concern. Yeah, it's definitely, but it's definitely the deer. It's not climate change. Uh, the slugs thrive in high mountain areas, and it's predicted these locations will rapidly sink, uh, shrink. The BC Ministry of Environment foresees higher summer temperatures and lower amounts of rain by 2080s, leading to droughts. Um, this will especially be disruptive to uh, the Haida Gwaii slugs as they require large amounts of moisture. Yeah, that's uh, not good for the slugs, the old sluggers. Uh, the report states that any effort to protect the high glass slugs would be carried out with consideration for the plants and animals that live alongside these slugs, excepting the, uh, ex- <laughs> excepting the Sika. The Sitka uh, black-tailed deer. So anyone but the deers. Again, that's such a hard sell if you're PETA. Those are the, like, PETA and tourism is going to have the toughest time selling this. (coughs) Because if you are a tourist, let's say, you know, hey, we're, you know, at least they got a nice name, the uh, Stilaguay. Oh, you're going to see the Stella Gwaii in its natural existence. Oh, come away. All-inclusive. 
you know, three nights, uh, three nights stay up here in Haida Gwaii. And uh, we're going to take you on a tour and we're going to show you the, uh, what is it, Stella Gwaii. Oh, the host, honey, Stella Gwaii sounds exotic. We should go. You know, it's it's slugs. It's it's slugs. Oh, I well, don't worry. We'll we'll at least see deer. Nah, we cleared them out for the slugs. But you can't see these slugs in any other part of the world. So, kind of cool, kind of gross. And all like, I definitely as a child used to be fascinated by salting slugs. I I'm gonna go and have that. Ab- as an admission, I live with that. I live with that guilt of salting slugs. Um, they were your average garden variety slugs. Uh, I did that. Um, I want to apologize right now on the record and uh, say I have not salted a slug since I was six. Um, I just say live and let live. They gross me out. Spiders, on the other hand, um, they yeah, they can all die. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It is weird though. The slugs. We're gonna save the slugs. It's a tough sell. Good luck. I want to wish um, wish everyone involved in preserving the uh, slugs over the deer the best of luck. But even if their efforts are thwarted via climate change, via uh, deer insurrection, uh, causing a deer takeover of Haida Gwaii, and uh, the extinction of the uh, Stella Gwaii slug. I guess it's just called the Stella Gwaii. There may be hope. There may be another alternative for these tiny mollusks to survive as... The U.S. has successfully cloned a ferret. Yes, and it spurs hope for other endangered U.S. species. Why is it? Wait, this is a weird. Hang on. I, did I read that right? This is from the National Post. Elizabeth Ann, the first cloned ferret, spurs hope for endangered U.S. species. Wait, no, why just U.S. species? You have to get a passport to get this thing. Uh, yeah, this terrible, terrible headline. Um, but I will get to that later. Uh, Elizabeth Ann is a genetic copy of copy. Did I say copy? Elizabeth Ann is a genetic copy of Willa, a black-footed ferret captured among the last wild individuals who died in the 1980s and has no living descendants. So U.S. scientists basically have successfully cloned this black-footed ferret using frozen cells from a long-dead wild animal uh, at the first time, and it's the first time any native endangered species has been cloned in the United States. Great job. This is good. This is good. I wonder if it's, is it just the United States or North America? Can we take that as North America? Although this research is preliminary, it is the first cloning of a native endangered species in North America. Yes. Providing a promising tool for continued efforts to conserve the black-footed ferret. Well, not just the black-footed ferret. 
We could have, well, maybe we can eventually clone uh, Lonely George back. Um, we call them mulligans. We call it, instead of calling it cloning, again, since most of our problems are man-made, let's just call everything, a, it's a mulligan. You know? Species in North America's only native ferret were once thought to be extinct, but were brought back uh, from nearly vanishing forever after a Wyoming rancher discovered a small population on his land in 1981. They were captured, of course, because... Uh, why would you leave them out in the wild? You know, let them be. <laughs> it's not like man hasn't already done enough to these poor things. You know, I, I, we just wanted to save them from the deer. We'd heard stories uh, of these uh, uh, Sitka deer, the black-tailed deer, <laughs> up in Haida Gwaii. They were bugging slugs, and we just wanted to make sure they didn't bug our ferrets, okay? We didn't want them coming down. We didn't want those slugs bugging our ferrets. Okay. Okay, I buy that. All right. Um, but only seven of the original wild animals bred on all living ferrets today are closely related. Um, that puts limitations on the species' genetic diversity, creating challenges for resilience to changing environments and emerging disease threats. Elizabeth Ann is a genetic copy of Willa. Sounds like an Australian name. Willa. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Your name's Willa. Uh, a black-footed ferret among... I have a terrible Australian accent. Uh, among the last wild individuals who died in the 1980s and has no living descendants, so is not one of the seven founders. That's weird. So there is a council... <laughs> I just like that they call them the seven founders like it is a Lord of the Rings Middle Earth novel. There is so much weird tie-in with animal, I guess, animal the animal stories today and uh, just these weird um, folklorish tales right now between, you know, New Hampton Shire. Is that, did I say it? New Hampton, North, North Hampton Shire. There we go. Uh, Wyoming fishing <laughs> and the, the Council of the Seven Founders. We almost voted Goatman in, but uh, Man Goat. Goatman? I can't even remember what the name of the story was. That's how long ago that was. We were going to vote Goatman in, but uh, we decided against it. Anyway, I think this is a good story. This is hope. This is what this world needs right now it's hope um you know uh no well not one of the seven founders the wyoming fishing game and fish department had the foresight to preserve the genes and sent tissue samples from the wa willa uh from willa to san diego's zoo um their frozen zoo in 1988 years later that provided viable cell cultures for the project Okay, I want to know, did they use frog DNA? Like in Jurassic Park? <laughs> Much. They haven't shown. I don't know. Do they? Is that an actual picture of the uh, ferret? Okay. They have they have a the picture of a ferret. I don't think it's the, it's the ferret. It could be one of the seven founders. I just want to see what Elizabeth Ann looks like. 
and if they used frog DNA like in Jurassic Park, you know, it just, it just says, "Kill me, kill me." I'm in. Like, like the Brundle fly looks like Jeff Goldblum, like a Cronenberg creation. Kill me, kill me. <laughs> it's just. Gina Davis ends up having to take a shotgun of the poor ferret just because it's so hideously mutated or it just completely runs amok in the uh, San Diego park there. Just gnawing at ankles. Looks like a looks like a gator with hair. Come on. Why is it talk? Apparently that's what happens. Uh, San Diego Zoo Global and Associate and the Association for Zoos and Aquariums is working to produce more black-footed ferret clones in the coming months as part of clone, uh, continuing research efforts. That, I don't know if that scares me or gives me hope, like I said. It sounds like um, the start of a Michael Crichton disaster movie because obviously we've seen Jurassic Park. And not many of us, but a few of us have seen Hell Comes to Frogtown. And I'm pretty sure that was due to uh, mutations. With Definitely with frog DNA. R.I.P. Roddy Roddy Piper. But uh, I don't know. Ferrets? Uh, is it going to be... Is, is the world like mankind may not be the dominant species for much longer? Which it's what... Um, I'm getting from the moral of this story, uh, of these these stories, these, this ongoing theme uh, between the man goats and uh, you know the the ferrets and the black-tailed deer. Maybe the, the maybe we're cloning ferrets to fight the black-tailed deer, and all the while it is the evil. Um, we think it's the uh, mollusk's evil plan. Really, it's the work of the man goat. My plan is forming. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying. Uh, that's that's about it for me. This is what happens when I'm stuck in a room by myself. Um, I guess the moral of the story is be nice to the mollusks. Um, there's hope. I would. I don't know. When are they going to start cloning humans? And will they use frog DNA? That's more of a question. That's not the moral of the story. Moral of the story, there is hope. All right, for our endangered species. Now, let's not kill off the originals um, because I do like the name Seven Founders. Uh, you know, even though I like the name Seven Founders, let's have more than seven. Let's not destroy a population uh, to the point where there's none left. That's my moral of the story. Yeah, finish it up on a high note. Okay, guys, that's it for me. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, once again, this has been Unnecessary Noise. I'm TJ Tullock. Uh, you can check out my social medias at TJ Tullock. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Peace. Peace.